0: People said, well, what if we don't do a debt exclusion? Right. Uh, what if we don't raise the taxes to pay for the school? What then? hmm And I said, then that means you have to still pay for it in your budget. Right. Which means there'll be $2.1 million less for everything else. Everything else.
1: like here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, wfpr.fm, FM, in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial 102.9. Here today in the town administrator's office with our town administrator Jamie Hallen and Deputy Administrator Amy Frigoletti. Good morning. Good
0: morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. We're a little groggy and sleepy. A little
1: groggy, you know. <laughs> Late night Patriots lost. Um, I know, and a rainy day.
0: And a rainy, <laughs> rainy, rainy day. Uh, but here yeah. we are, Steve.
1: Life We're goes on. Right? Life goes on. Yeah, yep. life moves on. <laughs> so quickly, at least in terms of recapping last week, you had a FinCon meeting, which I missed, but I ended to catch up with the video replay, thanks to Franklin TV and, and its YouTube broadcast, etc. Interesting discussion. Some uh, key pieces there that we can get into, but uh, and and new membership.
0: Two new members: Lauren and uh, Bill Batchelor. Most people know Bill; he was on the uh, Conservation Commission for about eight years, nine right. years. Um, and we have a new volunteer, uh, Lauren Nagel, who is um, a s- chief operating officer of a uh, major corporation, and um, you know, so they both bring a lot of private sector skills to the uh, to the thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and they still are going to discuss amongst themselves, at least from the video, they hadn't determined yet which of those members are going to be on the... They did, as a matter They did?
0: Right? Um, uh, they determined that the three, the chair, vice chair, and clerk, uh, as the leadership of the finance committee, were going to uh, be on the budget subcommittee. And okay. then they also determined, through the volunteerism of Lauren, the new member, the new member, um, showing what it's like to just jump right in, uh, she's uh, the fourth member, Okay. Um, so that's really good, and I thought Logic was, you know, if I'm going to learn the budget more, this would be a great opportunity for. um, I totally endorse that approach.
1: Absolutely,
2: (laughs) jump right in. Jump right in, in. and no one else
0: volunteered, so I don't blame them. You know, it's more meetings, but um, yeah, uh, but not that many more meetings. No, only a few more. But
1: the critical ones, certainly, based upon what we're doing and what's coming. So, yeah, I
0: think the joint budget subcommittee will ultimately end up being the the kind of. de facto budget committee for each of those boards, right? Correct. Um, And I think that, um, I think the community at large is looking for everybody to kind of work together on that stuff, so it's Mm -hmm. the right forum. Um, You've had it in town for a while. It's not always utilized, as you know, Steve.
1: Yeah, it's been used once or twice a year, but I think it really needs to be much more on a regular basis, and I think between you and Tom, that's been discussed to be more, almost quarterly, I think.
0: I think so, and I think, um, you know, it's going to take all of us, I think, The the discipline to also then, you know, instead of having resources and time spent toward individual committee budget debates, meaning the school committee debates their thing, the finance committee debates their thing, and the council debates its thing, um, I think the discipline of all three committees is to forego those conversations, right, and have them all together, Mm -hmm. because then... Ultimately, we all become stronger and more educated, I think, at the budget process, what the cost drivers are. And most importantly, eventually, there needs to be some balanced approach to decision-making, right? Because we know we can't fund everything. Um, We know there's some dynamics out there that are against our odds. Mm -hmm. um, But I think it's more important, and I think it's good um, that everybody kind of works together and and talks together. Otherwise, the decision-making process will become more cumbersome you know, may result in people kind of more fragmented. So it, it seems that all boards are on agreement on that, so that's good. Yes, and uh, we're grateful for Lauren and the other three for uh, stepping mm-hmm. up. That's yeah, also I've, Nicole Corbacero, just for the record. <laughs> <Nicole, laughs> Listeners like who the heck is the yeah, chair? And uh, George Conley, and uh, and Nicole Corvazero, Natalie Riley, and right. uh, Lauren. Ng. So it's yeah. good. Yeah.
1: No, I feel fortunate with my schedule being able to at least cover following the money of FinCom, School Committee, Town Council, so I get to tie some of those things together that right. other folks generally don't. And I think it's good that, respectfully, each group operates within their realm, but having that fresh set of eyes, just asking some simple questions like, well, why this? I mean, uh, you may have missed it in a prior meeting, but you, it, it's a valid question. Let's discuss it.
0: All four members, two or three, um, are parents right now of... Franklin school-age kids, mm-hmm. and the other one's a grandparent, <laughs> um, and so it's not as if these folks also don't have a stake in the game, which I think is right. important because um, it's their it's, it's their community, it's their education, it's their children mm-hmm. or grandchildren in George's case, um, yep. and so um, so hopefully there'll be some of that coming up, and I you know I think obviously we're gonna have to wait till after the election in November for the other committees to appoint. Um, just for the record, and, and for those that don't know that are listening after every election, then the school committee and the town council in this case go back and do their subcommittee uh, assignments mm-hmm. and liaison assignments. Sure. And so um, some of those memberships may or may not change. Correct. Um, obviously the school committee will because the majority of the school committee is going to change over, but um, we'll have to wait until at least probably January to kind of get a fresh set of what the committee will But for now the FinCom's done its work and you know, I think it was a good meeting for everybody to kind of come back out of summer. Um, oh, here we are again, Um, you know, and and whatnot. There was no uh, major business. We just went through um, the Joint Budget Subcommittee uh, finance model. For anybody out there that's curious about uh, what the budget outlook looks like, you can go back to the August 2nd um, Joint Budget Meeting and take a look at the short memo. It's only a few pages. Mm -hmm. Um, And look at the numbers. um, And you can see a lot of red um, moving into the future. So, um, if any listeners are out there um, are interested in the school budget and what's going on, um, you know this is the type of forum that people need to to pay attention to. And as you alluded to a minute ago, Steve, you know people are listening through the podcast forum, but there's also all the YouTube videos. Yes, um, we have everything online. Um, you can uh, go back and listen to them, as many people say they do. They stick in their earbuds while they're doing dishes and mm-hmm. laundry and other things at home or listen to them in the car or on the train, Um, it helps keep people informed.
1: And I think one of the other topics coming out of that, and I'll put a plug in for it specifically because then I also had the chance to have another talk board chat with two two school committee members, Dave and Dave, so two Daves came, uh, Dave McNeil and Dave Callahan, and having watched the FinCom, where the discussion around the question of there's a facilities subcommittee on the master plan, and then the schools have their facility analysis. Uh, There's coordinating, and there may not have been enough prior, but at least from a school committee perspective, those two individuals are looking to at least bring that forward to make sure there is uh, more coordination going forward because it's one of our
0: critical decisions overall. I mean, school facilities... Is absolutely um, it's a but it's really the most critical um, factor I mean we've, we're starting the police station committee I think most of the other municipal facilities are in good shape you know um, there may be some outlier projects here or there mm-hmm. but from a structural capacity standpoint needs changing dynamics um, in addition to the enrollment that is uh, allowed under building permit versus what the modern-day uh, best practices for education. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot to unpackage. Sure. Um, and it's great to hear Dave and Dave um, you know, with that olive branch because the town manages the facilities departments. We do all the borrowing and, and debt issuance for any school projects. Uh, we all know that there's some altering dynamics with the enrollment and the needs of students are, have changed dramatically in 20 years. Sure. Um, and so there's a lot of dynamics that are out there. And then there's, oh, by the way, the money aspect. Which, as we all know, unfortunately, we're capped under Prop Two and a Half. Pie's not big enough. is not big enough. Yep. Bucket's not, not big Frigellos, enough. Whatever
1: whatever you, you want know, to call it. We'll be talking about his <laughs> statement 30 years from now. You know, the
0: pie's not big enough. Um, but it's true. He, he's correct. Um, the pie is not big enough. And with interest rates and costs, inflation, you know, it makes those projects, um, it makes your, your dollar doesn't go as far, right, right? when you're talking about a per square foot sure. renovation cost. And there's a lot of needs. And so we really need as a community-wide, and I think, again, back to the joint budget uh, piece, everyone needs to talk together about these things. We can't work in isolation. And the the real master plan committee for the entire town, the one Councilor Jones is um, spearheading, um, is a 10-year outlook into your community. So mm-hmm. how can we have a proper 10-year outlook in our community without school facilities? I mean, that's, I mean, I would venture, yeah, there's, there's it's more. not the most important thing. It, it's
1: Pretty much one of the most important
0: things we do in the community.
1: Simple numbers tell us there's more school buildings than there are, quote, town buildings, right? Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, three to one. (laughs) Unless you actually include all the pump stations and other stuff like that. But, yeah, from a building perspective.
0: And people move to communities for schools. We saw this in 2014 with the new high school, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, people moved here. If you build it they will come. We moved here years um, and years ago
1: for the schools. So right. people are still doing
0: that. People still do that. I mean there's another hundred and twenty Massachusetts communities that say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um so it's not like we're unique, but um, but I do think that our fields and our school facility buildings, um, you know, are all modernized, generally rebuilt. I mean obviously Parma, there are some investments that are needed and so is Kennedy, but um, you know, I think when you've lost as a district almost 2,000 students over the course of 15 years mm-hmm. you know i just think there needs to be a uh, there needs to be an honest conversation about what are the needs what is sustainable um, and what's going to achieve the community goals for education and yep. i think those are big questions but it's hard to gain a real plan if you will or a roadmap without answering some of those debates so right. hopefully we'll have those in the next year
1: Um, Speaking of roadmaps and dates, I know uh, the state is still somewhat behind the eight ball, so to speak, in providing some information around the migrant update. Do you have anything new since what we've covered previously? I'm going
0: to put it on the agenda under TA report every two weeks just to kind of keep the community clued in. Um, There really isn't much more to report um, from the last meeting um, other than... um, you know, on a daily basis, our board of health agents going down there to check in. The National Guard, uh, one member has shown up um, uh, last week, which is good to have some more boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, generally, relatively speaking, despite what people say in the news, you know, we see things in other hotels and other communities. Um, the Best Western is sprinkled, um, so that's a good thing because it is safe. Um, and um, there's still the same amount of folks there. Uh, we don't know when. The Other rooms will be filled, mm-hmm. um, or if they'll be filled, we assume they will be, but um, you know, in the next month or so. But other than that, it, it's relatively calm, um, there really hasn't been any major issues. Um, I think we've, Amy and I, have both talked to Rep Roy and Senator Rausch, who have been really supportive and helpful mm-hmm. um, in trying to kind of bring the local uh, officials a little closer to the administration and, sure. and, quite frankly, have the administration a little closer to us. Um, so they understand the impacts. I think right now we're looking at mostly sustainability. I mean, we come back to that word, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's a common topic. It's really hard. I mean, there's not a lot of transportation over there for folks. Right. Um, There's not been a lot of social service connections. Um, The hotel staff and management over there have really been doing most of the work. Um, And I think, you know, our, our big concern is just simply, what's the year look like, right, for these folks? Are they comfortable do they have faith-based services they need uh, do they have the right social service connections that they need Have they filled out their paperwork properly to get a work visa mm-hmm. um, you know all of this takes a lot of triage um, you know there are um, you know, about 30 or 40 children over there um, most are school-aged um, and you know the superintendent will be integrating them into the school district whenever that process takes place i don't right. really know the exact dates but based on his meeting up
1: updated his meeting last week he wasn't still sure it was gonna happen but yeah I mean it's just
0: a lot of there's just a lot of hoops to jump through mm-hmm. a lot of moving parts a lot of moving parts for schools in particular the good news is I will say that um, a couple things one um, the MMA has been uh, is now hosting a bi-weekly meeting with the lieutenant governor Um And that's really good news because we have fought even in Franklin. Mm -hmm. Amy and I talked to Jeff about that a while ago and said, I mean, at least they could give us a weekly or biweekly briefing. And um, that's really good. The school funding, at least, you know, for right now, seems to be enough that will cover the basic cost of getting the children integrated into the system, I think, long term until you have those kids in the district. It's just like every student Mm -hmm. until you go through classes and stuff, you don't know really what the full needs and costs right, are going right. to be. So it will be an evolution through the whole year. But they have been able to put in funding in place at $104 a day per child. Um, so at least there's some reimbursement uh, mm-hmm. coming. Um, and our big concern remains still whether or not the state will pay the hotel motel tax, which is um, was finally very articulately explained to us um, last week. Which is if a hotel is 30 days rental or under, the state is picking up the hotel tax. But if it's 30 day rental or longer, which in this case is the Best Western, they're not doing that yet. And I, I suspect at some point there'll be enough yelling and screaming from local officials when we'll finally get our way. Um, you know, but I mean, it is a, for Franklin. Um, you know, you're looking at a possible 150 to 200 thousand right. dollar revenue hit.
1: It's small change, but respectively, in our tight budget, any piece is critical.
0: Every piece is critical, and I would imagine for some communities like Westboro who have multiple hotels and are at a crossroads, um, you know, the boroughs area, for example, that could be, you know, a lot more. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of tourism communities out there on the Cape and Berkshires and others that are saying, well, we only have fall to make all our money during leaf peeping or Uh whatever season and we've got a revenue for so what's the impact on on meals and other um, local option taxes that are tourist based so you know i think this is one of those where ultimately we're all going to you know hopefully triage the situation um, throughout the whole year Um, one good thing is we just did go through a global pandemic (laughs) 3 years ago and while uh, Amy and I are um, certainly sick of it <laughs> the emergencies you know at the end of the day like we are pretty well equipped to handle the situation it kind of did
2: thing. set us up for yeah. any anything coming down the right. down the pipe right. so
0: yeah
1: and we've talked with the chief uh, as recently on uh, our climate piece because Chloe as the EMA lead emergency management lead the town at least has that regular relationship regular coordination you meet Quarterly, just or biannually, just on those topics. Never mind on the individual coordination pieces. So, yeah, from a resident perspective, I feel comfortable that at least it's in the right hands. The right people are talking to each other. That's in order to continue to make things happen. So,
0: you do, and you, you know, you have a, you know, in their defense, I mean, you have a new administration um, that is coming in to deal with this with multiple states of emergencies. Oh yeah. Um, and a learning curve for everybody and everything, and um, you know, there's a lot of expertise at the state level. Don't forget, a lot of people left, and this is natural. Amy knows this too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that leave administrations after eight years. You know, they just move on to the next step of their career. Correct. I mean, those are really, really hard jobs to stay in for for your Mm -hmm. career, right? And at these state agencies at a high level, so there's been a lot of turnover too. You know, Um, and Mm -hmm. so. I think the administration has clearly shown that there will at least be some sort of engagement at the local level, and they've been improving on that over the last few weeks, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, week after week. Mm -hmm. Right now, everything's pretty stable down there. I think um, the needs are concentrated, and I I would be remiss if I didn't at least give a plug to uh, uh, Tina at the Food Pantry and Jen at the Safe Coalition and Scott at the Y and Father Poitras and Jacob Junker at the... um, Interfaith Coalition and a lot of the other groups, I mean, not that it needs to be repeated, but because um, everybody knows that they're there for everybody and mm-hmm. they're there for the community. Correct. But, um, you know, they've all been actively uh, at least uh, communicating with Kathy and myself and, and Amy at times about uh, how they can chip in. So we're just trying to connect the dots. And, yeah, you know, we've said it before and we've certainly, everybody I think who's been here
1: for a while has seen that Franklin will step up when asked. We're just... Still, kind of in the waiting mode as to what we're going to be asked for, but yeah, yeah, and
0: that discipline actually has been a positive because in other communities we saw this overwhelming amount of support and actually caused further problems. Complications, right? yeah. and, and so everybody in Franklin has been great um, to kind of stay away and, and wait to be called on, wait till the numbers call mm-hmm. before running over there and helping right, out. Because right. um, you know it is still a it's a tough environment even for the families, right? I mean, you're in a new place, you're you're. Your, the state has told you to stay in your hotel room, stay in your hotel, um, you know, service services coming and, and whatnot. They've obviously been a little slow to get there, mm-hmm. um, but they are getting there. Um, you know, this is a big problem for the Commonwealth. And so um, everybody in town has been awesome um, by not trying to overdo it um, and waiting for their queue. And then when their numbers called, like everybody's completely prepared and, and has been doing a great job. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: so far, so good. Good. Shifting gears, uh, we talked previously but the municipal aggregation deal that we had and benefited from <laughs> for the last three years. We now have a two-year deal coming up uh, on November 1, as I recall. And yeah. you're doing some additional communications around certainly introducing the new rate, which, yes, was an increase over the current rate, but we weren't necessarily going to keep that current rate given the market dynamics around that anyway.
0: I think for most folks that are listening – the germane point is is that um, we were able to um, maintain a pretty competitive rate for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right now, for the last three years, most people didn't probably notice, um, and that's good. Um, until yes, last they didn't year, see when any price spikes. Until um, last year, when National well, Grid got its winter rate and well, that had tripled. <laughs> and people did get nervous. And most people were already enrolled because um, so they never unenrolled. Sure. So it's an opt-out situation. So everybody in town was enrolled in three years ago mm-hmm. at 10 and a half cents a kilowatt, which was a really great rate. And then, um, you know, people generally over the winters saved most money. And then over the summers maybe, you know, lost a little bit. But usually people were uh, still um, saving money over the course of the contract until last winter when prices ballooned up to 34 cents a kilowatt. Right. But most people in Franklin didn't realize their rate was still a stable ten and a half cents. Mm-hmm. This November, it has to go up to fifteen cents uh, per kilowatt, and um, we were able to maintain the one hundred percent sourced uh, renewable energy from the Midwest wind turbines. So, yeah, green uh, everybody's, wind. Everybody's yep. uh, electricity in Franklin is still being uh, produced by um, renewable energy, which is a good, which is a good mm-hmm. thing. And it also didn't, you know, hit them in the pocketbook. Either. Right. So um, it'll be stable for another couple of years, um, which is really key as I think i articulated in the, the press release. I think most people um, are just looking for certainty and stability in their mm-hmm. rates, right? I mean one day milk is expensive and then when milk comes down, gas goes up. Yeah. I mean it's just going, some things are coming down but then other stuff's going up. and so mm-hmm. It's still a tough time for inflation. So um, at least for the next two years, everybody's rates will be very stable Mm -hmm. and ultimately most people if not everybody in Franklin are going to save a lot of money unless you were on basic service which we project out to be you know at least 25 to 40 percent higher than what this rate is so um, at least good news for every Franklin um, resident if um, if for some reason you don't know your status First of all, 96 to 97 percent of Franklin residents are already enrolled. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, you shouldn't be worried that you're not on something. You probably are, and sure. it will
2: continue with the new contract. You don't, don't have continue to do with anything, the new contract. Right.
0: Nobody has to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just continues on. It's a great point, Amy. Um, but if people go onto the homepage, um, there's a municipal aggregation um, link right there with the contact number for Colonial Power. Mm-hmm. Anybody can call them up um, and check their status. So it's only a few percent of uh, Franklin folks who are not on it. Yeah. And, and we know op- Steve, too. We know Steve, too. Like, some people just don't want to be on it because yeah. they don't like that the government's involved in things or whatever. Oh, There's and
1: respectfully, those who have their own solar system. Some people have their own yeah. solar so system. That's, that's totally right. understandable. Absolutely. Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. And if people did opt out and want to opt in, they right. can do so at any time.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think you're improving the communications that we've h- talked about from time to time where those who move into the community may not necessarily be aware, and then they do have to opt in at that time when they're setting up the contract. Correct, because so, it's right.
2: not a new program anymore. Right, so. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, so
0: it's minor cool. matters. Well, yeah. it's, you know, overall it's what people realize that when they feel like the bills are going up, mm-hmm. There are actions that we're taking to try to maintain and keep the bills down or stable. You yep. know, it's not like we're just raising everything to raise everything. No, we're working hard no. on the other side too.
1: You're working hard to ensure that the raise is less than what the market
0: would actually right. give us. Exactly. That's exactly. The best way to phrase it. I mean, it. <laughs> some people did tell me a few last year. You know. I'm not doing your thing, blah blah blah, and I was like, "Then pay the 34 cents over the 10 and a half cents. It's your money. Mm-hmm. You can make those choices, and I fully respect that." Right. But you know, I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd be taking the lower rate. Right. Yep.
1: <laughs> and then setting us up for town council meeting. We got a full agenda coming up Wednesday.
0: We do. We got. Um, you know, it's all. We're already at that time in the session where the. Elections coming and the session's over, so we got the goals update. Um, we've got, um, I think, the biggest news probably on the whole agenda is the Tri County um, school, yeah. which will take some education from the Tri County folks. But um, ultimately, the uh, school building authority at the state did approve the project, which is good news. Mm-hmm. Which means about um, about twenty uh, percent or so of the project is going to be paid for by the state, ninety yeah. million dollars. It's a good chunk of change. Sure. Um, but the rest has to be borne by the taxpayers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and um, so number one on October 24th will be the vote to authorize the school among the Tri-County District, right. the 11 cities and towns that make up the district. 11 communities. Yep. And it's an aggregate vote. Yep. So it's As 50% if we were plus one. You're all together. in one, right. one district, um, an aggregate vote. And if that project goes forward, which we believe it will, Um, then the financing part of this uh, will be on the November 7th uh, local Franklin election. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, um,
0: And the logic here, I think, which is uniformly um, agreed to, which is just simply to use that momentum and the energy for the project given that the state has approved it, the local voters will hopefully approve it, Mm -hmm. um, and then get the financing in place so that that's kind of in the rearview mirror and then whenever that project comes on board down the road in FY27 or 28 the town already has the ability to raise the money uh, to be able to do
1: it right right and for somebody who is saying well wait a minute but if they don't and we already have it on our ballot question well realistically Tri-County probably will come back at it because they do need a they do need the building so they'll have a second try potentially but even if we pass it we're at least set <laughs> for whenever it does get approved at if that you're level.
0: A, if you're a parent of a student at, in Franklin Public Schools,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay, if you are a citizen and you have a grandkid um, going to Tri-County, whatever, you want this to pass. I articulated already, and I'll say it here on the record on the radio too, if people said, well, what if we don't do a debt exclusion? Right. Uh, what if we don't raise the taxes to pay for the school?" What then? Mm -hmm. And I said, then that means you have to still pay for it in your budget. Right. Which means there'll be $2.1 million less for everything else. Everything else. So if I was a parent of a Franklin Public School student, I would want to be out there voting on this and making my voice heard. Because it could impact the Franklin public schools in four years, mm-hmm. as well the police and fire and every other service down. I'm not just so it on that. libraries, it Right, Absolutely. Because every year we make about three and a half million in new revenue. Yep. If two point one of that has to get occupied by the Tri County School, you can assure the other departments will see less money. Absolutely. And it's not as if nobody didn't give you a fair heads up on this one. Yep. We'll talk about this for a while. You know, so that's gonna be voted on theoretically this week. Yep. Obviously, it won't be done until the, the council approves it, but um, that'll be on the agenda this Wednesday as well. And So that's a, that's a pretty big deal. In addition to the Open Space and Recreation Plan, um, Brika Lyle will be doing a short presentation. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are really interested in this stuff, it's a 378-page plan um, that Bricka um, did
1: over the course of what 15 months oh, about 15 they, months yeah yeah they had it's very comprehensive If you missed <laughs> the opportunity there were multiple opportunities between yeah. the public hearings the sessions and yep. even
0: a friday catch-up session that's right
1: <laughs> yeah kudos cool. to them for all the work that was incredible
0: it was a lot of outreach um you know it was partly also what's giving me pause on outreach because i think there is some fatigue in the community mm-hmm. from surveys sure but she did a phenomenal job. Uh, the council will kind of look at the they'll pass it along to the state and the state has to approve it. Right. So, um, but at least that'll give the boilerplate through the rest of the decade for the town mm-hmm. in terms of open space and rec investments. And that becomes part of the master plan itself because right. it's that entire section of the master That's plan. Exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's exciting stuff. And, and then there's some other odds and ends and things of that sort. But there's only a couple meetings left before the election mm-hmm. and um, we're trying to you know, get everything done right before the wire. Yeah, and
1: I'll highlight the two. There's two interesting reading sections, both on the demolition delay and then the Spring Street decommission. You know, we've heard Tom Mercer say, well, I drove that road once in high school, I think he said, and his car never worked after that. still
0: stuck in that I mean, could It could be. Couldn't get it out. Um, most people don't know there's a street um, that goes on Spring Street, which many of you know down by Hillside Nursery. Mm-hmm. Technically, there's a public way that goes all the way through the mountain, to all the way over to 140. Yeah, And we've been trying to come up with some different access points through the parking lot on Grove Street. And there's a parking lot at the top of Spring Street now, near the solar farm, Right, it's a public lot in yep. an easement that will hopefully give um, a pathway into the state forest, but we still need some other investments.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But Come to find out, decommissioning a public way is a lot harder than we thought. Um, it's not, you just can't say, I don't want
1: to get, get rid of it. We never used it. There's nothing there. Why can't you we? You can't drive it. You
0: can't bike it. You can barely walk it. Um, and as you know, Steve, I'm a very big hiker. Uh, um, it is not a pleasant walk. No, um, I is, can imagine.
1: Having a, been on the trails in that area, I wonder what the non trail is like. Yeah, it's,
0: um, <laughs> but it's pretty fascinating. And Julie Jacobson was here. Did a lot of research into it it dates back to some town meeting votes back in the 1800s and, yeah. um, so if you're interested in all that kind of stuff like yep. you are steve just, you can take a look at it um there's some interesting historical uh, context to it but uh, in all truth the idea of decommissioning it probably won't happen but it was a goal for the council to evaluate this year and mm-hmm. so we got the reports in and um, the historical commission is also looking at a demolition delay um, by law revision um, and so there's some reports in the in the packet for those of you that are um, susceptible to insomnia these are great um, <laughs> these are great reports yeah uh, they'll help you fall asleep um, but a couple of them both fascinating you know these absolutely these are both some of those quirky things we deal with in local government that people don't normally always think of oh, no no uh, so it's kind of interesting yeah
1: and if people haven't understood by now I'm sort of a process geek so <laughs> Part of the process in terms of a, clearly going back such and such a point in time, they did have meetings, there were some notes, not as extensive as the notes and meeting agendas that we have today, so you're trying to reconstruct, well, what did happen, where was it, how did...
0: It's also, fascinating history. you, you got to also, like, remind yourself to be disciplined, to not use, like, your modern-day thinking... You can't. ...of how you would apply right. logic today right. 140 years ago, right? I no. mean. This was probably, you know, the genius engineering feat at the time, mm-hmm. right? Like, wow, how could you build a, a road through a mountain right. and onto right. this, this other cow path on 140? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I, I, it's, um, but the town clerk and Julie, Nancy Danello and her did a lot of work on this with mm-hmm. Mark. And um, decommissioning road is, is, is a lot harder than you think, mm-hmm. at least a lot harder than I thought. no, you know? no it I made don't. a lot of sense to me, Yeah, but come to find out it, didn't, doesn't make a lot of sense oh, to the voters of 1880.
1: Yeah, that's that mindset. Because the, <laughs> the other piece going back, quick aside, is that I've been doing research and there's an essay forthcoming on the quote on our town seal. Right. Industry, Industry need not wish. wish yeah. Right? So when a town seal gets built, you would figure, and there was a committee, town meeting did have three people go yeah. off, to it, et cetera. But they made a proposal at the meeting. Now, town meeting back in those days, early 1800s, Yeah. There were no recordings. There was no YouTube video to go back and look at. It scrolls. <laughs> it basically, yeah. he and supposedly filed a report. The report is not anywhere in our town archives. I bet. All we have is the seal as it exists today. Yeah. So in terms of, based on my research, the key was, okay, I know it's a quote from Franklin. Yeah. Technically, it's out of context. Yeah. Because the industry in his term and his use is not the industry that we use today, right. right? And if people think of poor Richard and anything like that. That's a good point. Industry yeah. always was hard work. Yeah. Hard work means you don't have to do anything because right. you've worked hard for it and it just comes to you. <laughs> As opposed to some people saying, well, industry need not wish.
0: We're just going to give everything to industry. Yeah. <laughs> That's the wrong way to go. <laughs> I can't sit here on the record and deny that I didn't have that same thought. Like, I figured it was just like this laissez-faire style no but it's not is what you're saying
1: it's not and i've got this is where the essay will come out it's going to document i've gone through franklin's writings i've got the his use which is i think at one point there was one source that only he only used the word industry about six or eight times huh. i found another doc where he does use it a little bit more but the point of it simply is it's really out of context but yeah that's Totally an aside. Stay
0: tuned. Right? Stay, tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. More I coming. I, I, I thought it was like business gets what it wants.
1: <laughs> no, no. Th- that's the point of reference, yeah. right? Today, we do things differently than they did once upon a time. That's true. That's true. And, you know, when we try to imply and apply what art we would do
0: based upon what they were doing, no, it's not there. That's a common theme. Right? Uh, that we see all the time. It's like. Well,
1: you need to walk in somebody else's shoes even today. Yeah. Right? And yeah. back to our earlier point in terms of you've got different facilities, things, mm-hmm. you need to have that cross pollination mm-hmm. in order to come up with the best decision. Absolutely.
0: It just can't be done totally in isolation. you got to put yourself in the shoes of people that were dealing with these things 10 years ago or 100 years ago or 200 years ago. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, forget just the internet, but it's, it's apples and oranges. It's, it's not really comparable. Right. But, um, right. But, uh, so it's exciting stuff. So we got a bunch of things getting done this week. Um, and, then, uh, and then hopefully all the goals will get done. Um, and then there's an election, and then we'll start it all over again in a few months.
1: Yeah. We'll <laughs> set the tax rate <laughs> set the and tax get rate. into the capital budget. And the holidays. And <laughs> the holidays aren't
0: even that far away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, um, but uh, that's we'll what we've got to look forward to.
1: We'll take a little bit at a time because that's enough to chew on for now. I hope so. Well, thank you both for spending some time today. Um, The residents hopefully will appreciate it. And a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clock and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana. copyright Michael Clock in Tin Type Tunes in 2008 and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.